This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. He, he wants <laughs> nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Bull in Cleveland with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cleveland. I'm the Bull. This is Cleveland, and we got a lot to talk about on a big Monday show. This is it. Football is back. Three days to the opener, but six days to the Battle of Ohio to start the NFL season. The Browns, the Bengals, Sunday at 1 o'clock, we're all over it. Plus, are the Guardians still contenders with four weeks to go in the regular season? That and more on today's edition of The Bull in Cleveland with me, Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's The Bull in Cleveland with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Let's jump right into it. The excitement level, the confidence level right now amongst Browns fans is as high, I think, as I've ever seen it even higher right now than when the team went to the playoffs in the COVID year and beat the Steelers in the first round before ultimately losing to the Chiefs in round two. Fans are pumped to the point of cockiness at this point. And what has changed? What has changed in the last month that has led to this? Well, nothing. That's because... Fans from all teams grow in confidence as we get to the start of the season. As we start to tick down to the start of regular season, you start to ignore the flaws on your team and focus on the things that are good about your team. And when it comes to the Browns in particular, there are a lot of things to like. There are a lot of part of this teams that on paper are strong. Now, the one thing... And the most important thing, well, really the two things, but number one is that we haven't seen the quarterback play well in Cleveland ever. That's a big deal. Until that happens, there's always got to be a part of you that thinks, is he broken? Will he ever be that guy again? I don't know. That's something we have to see. That's why it's it's hard for me looking at with an unbiased eye to be 100% confident that this team can reach all the levels that we hope they can. Because we haven't seen the quarterback play at that level for two years, and we've never seen Deshaun Watson play at that level for the Browns. He didn't come anywhere close last year. You could pretend he did if you want, but you know down deep the reality is he was awful. Now, I believe that Deshaun Watson, the quarterback in Houston, is not dead, is not gone is not broken. Yeah, there were some some chips, you know, taken out, some pieces that have to be brought back. 
But at his age, if Deshaun Watson were in his 30s, if if he had, you know, if he had played a full season and had been terrible for a full season, I might think differently. But Deshaun Watson is not in his 30s. In fact, he's just going to turn 28 uh, uh, next week. Or, yeah, well, the week, the yeah, next week. And he didn't play poorly for a full season. He played poorly for six games after not playing for nearly two years. Myself and many others that cover the Browns severely under, underestimated the rust he'd be dealing with. I think most, if not all quarterbacks in that situation would have not played well. So I am choosing to ignore what I saw, maybe not ignore, but to disregard what he did last year in terms of what that means for the long term of Deshaun Watson and his career. Now, if he doesn't play well this year, I may point back to last year and say, oh, we should have seen it coming. And we'll revisit that if that's the case. But for now, I'm going to choose to assume that the guy we saw as a rookie look good in 2017, as a second-year player who made the Pro Bowl in 2018, as a third-year player who made the Pro Bowl in 2019, as a fourth-year player who made the Pro Bowl through a, career, uh, a league high 4,800 yards, through 33 touchdowns, uh, nearly nine yards per attempt to lead the league. I, that's the guy I'm expecting to see, not the guy we saw on the field last year who felt like he could barely complete a pass through almost as many picks as touchdowns. He was a, it was the worst year of his career in the six games that Deshaun Watson played. Even if you compare what he did in the six games he started last year versus the six games he started as a rookie, which, you know, you look at that, the completion percentage down three points, touchdowns down 12, interceptions actually down three, but the touchdowns were down 12. So that's a, you'd, you'd take the eight picks with the 19 touchdowns. Success percentage down. Yards per attempt down significantly. Yards per game down significantly. Quarterback rating down significantly. He was sacked the same amount. But just across the board, he was way better. And the Browns need that guy. That Deshaun Watson, the Houston Deshaun Watson, is capable of leading the Browns to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I said Super Bowl. That's possible. Now, to be fair, Deshaun Watson has never come close to a Super Bowl. He's only played in three playoff games and lost two of the three. Certainly wouldn't put it all on him, but he overall didn't play great outside of the, the first half of that Chiefs game where they collapsed in the second half. He's thrown 126 postseason passes, a completion percentage of 63 and a half, which is not great. Four touchdowns, all right. Only one pick, that's good. So he's got a lot to prove. Not only proving that he can bounce back, but proving that if he does bounce back and he can lead this and he can play at a Pro Bowl level and he can lead this team to the playoffs, that he can actually win. So there's still a lot we don't know about Deshaun Watson. 
and we won't receive those answers until we say, see him play in games that matter. And the first of those games is six days away. And it's a fascinating challenge because it's a team in Cincinnati that's been way better than the Browns the last couple of years. And yet the Browns have played, have outplayed the Bengals for the most part during that, those last two years, the last two years, the Browns have gone one, a three and one against the Bengals, despite the fact that the Bengals have been a, a far better team. The Browns have had their number. They've played well against them. They played their best football really against the Bengals over the last two years. And that's given you glimpses of what you thought they could be and couldn't consistently show, not even close. Now they hope to say, now the Browns will hope to prove that the way they've played against the Bengals the last two years is who they can be all the time. There aren't many flaws on this team, especially if Deshaun Watson is back to being Houston guy. I have, there's clearly some questions on the defense. I think some of my colleagues are are overstating how good the Browns may be defensively. I think they have the tools to be very good. I think we got I, I think you gotta show me before I'm convinced that all these pieces they brought brought together on the defensive line are are fantastic. I know the Browns will be better on the D line than they were last year by by a good deal. But how how much better we got to see that because you've brought a lot of guys in that haven't played together it's an entirely entirely new defensive line can the linebackers stay healthy will Juan Thornhill make a huge difference in the secondary will Denzel Ward be able to play week one as of now that's still a question mark and that's a big deal one of the things for this particular game also is you know we assume Joe Burrow is going to play for the Bengals in six days. That's not set in stone. I mean, last week on Wednesday was the first time he practiced with the team in over a month. You know, who knows? Maybe they will decide not to play him at the last minute. And that would make a huge, huge difference in this game. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, right now, uh, the Browns are an underdog in this game at home. As of this moment, on our Bet River Sportsbook, the Browns were a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home. I believe they opened, when the Lions first came out over the summer, they opened as a three-point dog. It went down to one-and-a-half with the uncertainty on Burrow. But we never dropped that line below one-and-a-half, which made me, you know, which obviously the guys at Bet Rivers and all the other sportsbooks all thought that Joe Burrow was going to play, and everybody still thinks that way. Because I'm te- – because – if we find out that Joe Burrow's not playing, the Browns will be favored by at least a field goal. That spread will change at least five, six points, if not more. I mean, I would argue that the Browns should be almost a touchdown favorite if Joe, if Joe Burrow does not play. In the same vein, if Deshaun Watson didn't play, I think the Bengals would be a touchdown favorite in, in Cleveland. But Deshaun Watson is playing for sure. We know that. We don't know for sure about Joe Burrow. I think he's going to play, but I'm not sure. But that's what makes the Denzel Ward thing fascinating because Denzel has played very well against the Bengals. He's made some big plays against Joe, Joe Burrow, big time. And if he can't go because of the concussion he got in the, in the last uh, preseason game, that'd be a, a pretty big loss 
I mean, it's not going to move the point spread, I don't think. If we find out he's ruled out, maybe half a point. Probably not. I think it's a big deal. Uh, the, and I'm not saying the Browns couldn't win the game without him. But you, you, you certainly would like their chances less if Denzel Ward can't go. So we'll keep an eye on that all week. It'll be a big deal. I'll be fascinated to see how the Browns use Elijah Moore, how they use Jerome Ford, who appears to be trending in the right direction to be able to play in this game. If Nick Chubb will truly be on the field more than he's ever been. And the chemistry that Deshaun Watson will have with the receivers. How much will they use Cedric Tillman? Will be an interesting development. How much they will use Marquise Goodwin as well. You know, those two guys are the fourth and fifth receivers on this team. I think we'll see a lot more 13 personnel, which is a three-receiver set. Um, Sorry, 12 personnel. I'm, I'm completely screwing this up. Let's try it third time's the charm. 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back. I'm conflating the wide receiver in that mix for the running back with three wide receivers. We're going to see that a lot more from the Browns this year than we ever have in the past. So it's all something to keep an eye on, but the regular season's here, my friends. I can't wait to watch the Lions and Chiefs on Thursday night. I can't wait to watch a full slate of NFL games on Sunday. I'm excited to announce that uh, starting this coming Sunday, the 10th, I will be adding a Sunday podcast to the repertoire. Uh, every Sunday, when the 4 o'clock games, games end, I will be putting out about you know a, a podcast, kind of looking at the day and all the 1 and 4 o'clock games and what happened. I have some highlights, big moments, what it means going forward. Division races, all that stuff. Looking forward to adding that to the to my Bet Rivers podcast circuit on Sundays. So that's going to start next Sunday, week one of the season. Before we go, I wanted to give you a few minutes on the Guardians. <clears throat> Guardians took two out of three from Tampa over the weekend. Did lose on Sunday uh, to fall back to five games under 566 and 71. Before that, not only have they taken two out of three from the Rays, they took two out of three from the Twins. They took two out of three from the Blue Jays. So they've been playing much better baseball. Uh, six of their last nine games. They made all those waiver claims last week on August 31st. All those. They added three guys. But in the end, I know some people got excited about that, and I was like, okay, they're showing a little life here. Um, they're not going to the playoffs. I think everybody's got to be realistic about this situation. The Guardians, even with the additions, and I like the additions to the bullpen, and we'll see what Lucas Giolito is tonight. But the Guardians are probably not going to the playoffs. Except, I'll give you one scenario, which could change my mind. The Guardians are playing the Twins this week. Remember, we don't have many games left. There's 25 games left on the schedule. And... And the Guardians and Twins have a three-game, I think I might have said a four-game series, but it's a three-game series starting today at home here in Cleveland. This will be the last time the Guardians play the Twins this year. After this, 
They got the Angels and Giants. Uh, tough road trip. The Angels aren't very good, but the Giants, you know, they're they're solid. Then you come home for Texas, then go back on the road for Kansas City. Then a four-game series at home against Baltimore, two with Cincinnati, three at Detroit. So the schedule's, you know, it's a mix. You got Kansas City and Detroit who are bad. Angels who are not very good. But you got a lot of road games in September. You got to play, you know, not 12 games against San Francisco, Baltimore, Texas, and Cincinnati. who are all, you know, Baltimore's really good. The other three are decent teams. But it all comes down to this three-game series. If the Guardians can sweep the twin, not two out of three, not two out of three. You're still four out. Then you go on a, on a West Coast trip. The Guardians have to sweep the Twins. If they sweep the Twins, and then with 22 games left or only two games out, I can take them seriously then, even though they'd still be under 500, two games under. But this division is so bad that it is possible that the Guardians could win this division with 82, 83 wins. Now, just to get to eight, just to get the 500, think about this the rest of the year. Just to get the 500. The Guardians will have to go 15 and 10 the rest of the year. That will not be easy with the schedule, the road trips they have, and just the way they've played overall. It won't be easy for them to go 15 and 10 the rest of the way. And that might not be enough because the Twins will probably still finish over 500 at least by, you know, maybe a game or two. The Twins' remaining schedule after they play the Guardians, they're they're at home six games with the Mets and Tampa. That's tough. Then they go to the White Sox and the Reds for seven. And then they got the Angels at home, the A's at home, and at Colorado. So, listen, they've got a tough – they've got an easier schedule. I mean, the Mets are scrappy, but not very good. Tampa's at home, and you go to Cincinnati. That's it. The last nine games of the year, the Twins will be playing the Angels, the A's, and the Rockies. So the Twins have an easier schedule, and they're ahead by five games. The only way I'm taking the guard, and by the way, even if the Guardians sweep, I still don't think they're going to win the division. But I'll take them seriously if they do. I don't want to hear two out of three, nothing. Last three, they played. Th- they played well for the last week and a half. I give it to them. They've won six of nine. It's not good enough. If they sweep Minnesota. Then you're two games out. And then you got a real shot. But even if you take two out of three, you're still four games out. And they've got a much easier schedule. And you're not playing them again the rest of the way. You want to be taken seriously? Go sweep the Twins. Get to within two games of 500. Pitching matchups tonight. Lucas Giolito will pitch against Pablo Lopez. Tomorrow, Tanner Bybee against Sonny Gray. Wednesday, Gavin Williams against Joe Ryan. You're facing their three best starters. Now, you got, you know, you got Bybee who's been your best starter. Williams has been really good. Giolito, I don't know what to expect tonight. He was, you know, solid for the White Sox this year. Okay, not great. He was hideous with the Angels. Hideous. So I'm not sure what to expect. I know those Twins guys have pitched really well. So uh, 6 o'clock starts next two nights and then 1 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. See what happens. On, on th- when I, when I uh, 
you know, Thursday or Wednesday night after that series, if there's a sweep, I'm back in on taking the Guardians seriously. If there's not, I'm not, I'm not either. All right, thanks for joining me as always. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. Everybody have a happy holiday. Have a great week. Football's here, baby! Thanks to everybody for listening, as always. You've been listening to me, Adam the Bull, here in Cleveland, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See you next time. Thanks for listening to The Bull in Cleveland on the Bet Rivers Network.